Welcome to a new episode of Future Bone, a podcast brought to you by Klavenes Combination Carriers. My name is Angie Bratam. I'm the CEO of the company. If you do not know KCC yet, we offer the lowest carbon shipping solution in the tri-bulk and tanker space with our unique combination carriers. Please visit our website, combinationcarriers.com, to learn more about our company. Today's episode has the headline, Sea Cargo Charter, three years on. With our decarbonization strategy, KCC has been an enthusiastic supporter of Sea Cargo Charter from the start and a following signatory in October 2022. Today, we have a great pleasure of welcoming Iman Abdallah, a Global Operations and Supply Chain Director of Cargill Ocean Transportation and the Vice Chair of the Steering Committee of Sea Cargo Charter. And I have the great pleasure of working together with Iman in the Steering Committee. So, Iman, uh, why don't we start off, if you can just give a short summary recap of what is Sea Cargo Charter? What are the primary objectives and targets? Hello, Ingebrit, and uh, thank you for having me um, on this episode. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for everybody that's going to tune in and listen to us as well. So what is Sea Cargo Charter and what is the primary objectives of Sea Cargo Charter? Sea Cargo Charter is basically a global framework for assessing and disclosing the climate alignment of chartering activities with the ambition set internationally by the IMO. Basically, by allowing key players in the maritime industry to report emissions linked to their activities under a common framework, it not only increases transparency on emissions in the sector, but also feeds into climate-related decision-making at company level, allowing the members to take action on the basis of accurate data. The signatories commit to implementing the Sea Cargo Charter in their internal policies, procedures, and standards, and to work in partnership with ship owners, disponent owners, and partners on an ongoing basis to implement Sea Cargo Charter. It shares common principles and methodology with presiding principles for financial institutions and for marine insurers in terms of assessment, accountability, enforcement, and transparency. And if Inger, would you ask me, you know, why should a company consider becoming a signatory? I would answer that question and say, well, if you are keen to commit to transparency, then you should become a a signatory. If you also feel that you have an obligation to report on your emissions on an annual basis, then you should become a signatory because we report our climate alignment It's not a leak table, which is something that we've said several times. Actually, the methodology of um, the EOI and Sea Cargo Charter, that means that your trajectory is based on the composition of your fleet and your trades as well. So no two companies would ever have the same trajectory. You would also benefit from assessing your progress year in, year in and year out. And you would be building your organizational learning on decarbonization. You would be sharing experiences with industry peers and leading charters. So that's in a nutshell what Sea Cargo Charter is. It's basically bringing to the industry standard data and transparency and accountability of reporting. Thank you, Mon. That gives a, a, a good idea of what this is all about. Both you and I have been participating in the Sea Cargo Charter, working actively for the last three years, and a lot of things have happened. What is in your your take of the main uh, 
experience that we have had over these three years since the inception in October 2020. When it comes to attracting new members, the experience from the, the reporting cycles, we have no done two to date, and a new one is coming in April, May. So what is your take on lessons learned over the last three years? So I think there has been several lessons learned. Um, the biggest lesson for, for us um, was how challenging it was initially to be able to even gather the data. How can you make sharing of data and, and to standardizing what data, which data is required part of your day-to-day processes? How can you embed it into your contracts? How can you educate your counterparts, your owners, your disponent owners, and so forth, so that they are become part of the journey? So it is definitely a journey. And the most important thing is that we all understand and realize that by collecting data, by sharing data, we are building a very different foundation in the industry than before. I say this and I'll continue to say this. As an industry, we thrived on being a black box where owners and charters did not share data. On the contrary, they benefited from keeping that data to themselves. Whereas today, we're going into a completely different era that is that is underpinned by sharing data. So I think that was one of the biggest lessons learned. So that's number one. Number two, to try to attract new members and onboard new members. Again, um, it has also been challenging. And But what I do find very, very interesting that since the inception of Sea Cargo Charter, throughout the conversations that I've had with possible members, um, that a lot of them have actually taken on board a lot of the work that we have done in the association. Some companies went to the extent that they're using the Sea Cargo Charter form to collect data, believe it or not but yet are still a bit hesitant or uncomfortable officially signing up. To me, you know, this is actually a sign of big success because that means that people believe in what we are trying to pursue um, and what we're trying to do and the importance of gathering data. But at the same time, it's only a matter of time when we can actually bring them on board. So those are just some of the learnings and some of the challenges that we've faced so far. I guess Amon is also right to say that, you know, just the fact that Seacoke Charter has more or less standardized reporting and transparency in shipping with the Seacoke Charter clause, which is implemented into, if not every charter party around the world, at least a very high proportion of it. And also, again, this format of, uh, as you mentioned, the form of uh, of reporting. Uh, that, that, that's, that's a great success in itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think... This, this, this speaks a lot about what has been achieved. And again, our goal and our objective is to make sharing data a common practice within the whole industry. Whether you are a member or you are not, that the whole industry believes in that common goal. I guess when just back again to the, the, what we call the challenges of attracting members it has grown quite a bit but you know we would have liked both you and me and everyone else uh, active in Chicago charter to increase the signatories even further and you mentioned it in in the start that this is not the leak table but again this is still keeping a lot of companies back that they are afraid of being compared to their peers in the same industry 
and they are afraid that they actually will not be able to deliver on the trajectory of emission reductions that IMO uh, has issued and, and which is the base for the tra- trajectories in Sikawa Charter. So how can we do it better, you think, when it comes to getting this point straight? Yeah, so I think I think you've summed it up pretty well. Um, but I, I would just start first perhaps by acknowledging that in our last reporting cycle, we were presented approximately 18% of global shipping trade, which is quite significant if you think about it, knowing how fragmented our industry is. Um, so 18% is, is actually quite a considerable critical mass. Um, so that's number one. Number two, I think in addition to the reasons that you've mentioned, one of the main obstacles that we face when we try to attract more signatories is actually a lot of companies have their own reporting mechanism, if you say. So they already issue their own, you know, sustainability report. Um, and within that sustainability report, they're reporting on scope one, scope two, as well as scope three. But they don't necessarily have the nuances of having only their scope three being reported under a different framework and then being put within the same, within the same report as other industry peers, for example, where they do run the risk of somebody just not, who does not understand or misinterpret the report and say, Oh, this company is misaligned at this percentage, whereas this company is misaligned or aligned at that percentage. And this is something that we acknowledge. At the same time, I think there is more work to be done because the IMO's previous um, strategy and ambition was considerably far from the Paris Agreement. So if your company was aligned with the Paris Agreement and SBTI, perhaps signing up to Sea Cargo Charter was a bit of a deviation, whereas guess what? And you know that, of course, Ingrid, that, you know, a few weeks ago, all of the Sea Cargo Charter signatories agreed to increase that significantly to the IMO's current ambition. So we're actually aligning to the IMO's latest strategy, which sets a goal to reach net zero by or around 250 compared to the 2008 levels with interim targets in 2030. And 2040, as well, we consider now the full life cycle emissions well to wait from a CO2 perspective. So I think this is, this is a huge milestone for Sea Cargo Charter to be as close as possible to the Paris Agreement, which would open the door and allow more companies to consider joining the association. So when we talk about IMO, uh, as you mentioned, IMO has set the new and more ambitious uh, targets for 2050, 2040 and 2030. Uh, and then they promise to agree the technical and economic measures that will actually drive this decarbonization of our industry. Uh, of course, then we can discuss, you know, what is the likelihood we get something which is possible enough to to actually make this happen. Uh, but what is your take on, on that part, Eman? So I know that obviously within, you know, um, 
a lot of people looked at the IMO's latest strategy with some skepticism on whether they have went far enough or not. But if you ask me for my personal opinion, I think I think it was actually more than what we expected to come out of the last MEPC 80 meeting. Um, so I'm I'm very happy with the outcome. I, I also appreciate how challenging it is for all of the IMO members to come to an agreement. I think it's a step in the right direction. And most certainly, it gives the right signals to everybody to start making the right decisions. We were all saying, oh, we need a signal. We don't know what to do. If you want, if you were looking for a signal, I think that was definitely a big enough signal to know we are, where we're heading as an industry. It's not a regulation. It's not a policy yet. But having it as a strategy and knowing exactly what is the ultimate goal of that strategy, which is to be net zero by 2050, it's only a matter of time when this strategy becomes into a, you know, a proper policy and, and legislation. So, so how would the CCO show a look? If we hopefully, as you say, get an effective uh, legislation that actually will put minimum requirements, technical requirements and economic incentives, what would be the future of a SECO charter in that world? Will we be superfluous? So I think that's an excellent question. I think there will always be a future for CCO charter. And as any association um, and even as any business Businesses evolve and associations also evolve, um, depending on the governing circumstances. So Sea Cargo Charter is paving the way, in my opinion. Sea Cargo Charter is laying the right foundation. And once the strategy becomes into a regulation, um, Sea Cargo Charter will only build on what it has accomplished so far. Yeah, no, let's crossing fingers. We, we get there. <laughs> I have to say but privately, I'm, I'm afraid that it will take longer time for IMO to get the acts together to give us something that is both predictable and, 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 and which will have, you know, sub, substantial enough effect to make change. But we'll see. We, I'm crossing fingers that it will happen. Um, 2025 will be a very exciting year because then we hopefully hopefully will know more. Yes. So, so if if we could just go back to the experience to date, of course, any initiative, whatever we do in any part of any business, there always are critics and and there are some question, you know, the motive motives of the, the companies involved in Chicago Charter. Some criticize. That the, the various companies that are signatories have not, has not advanced far enough to date. And that, of course, especially goes for the big cargo owners uh, like yourself, Cargill and, and big oil companies like Shell and Total and so on. What is, what is your comment on that? I mean, how to counter this argument? Yeah, I think my answer to that is, um, decarbonization is not a flip of a switch, right? It's definitely a journey and it's going to take a lot of time. And we need to be very mindful that we have 70,000 ships that are already on the water. Those 70,000 ships are using conventional fuels. And while we need to make sure that, yes, we are ordering, you know, ships that can burn green fuels and so forth, we need to also find ways to reduce the existing fleet's carbon footprint. 
And that's not going to happen overnight because it's, it's, it's a lot more challenging and a lot more intricate than that. So my answer to that is number one, reporting in itself is a huge achievement because once you report, you actually understand where are the real bottlenecks. After two reporting cycles, you know, I can sit here and tell you transparently that we now understand what does it mean in terms of port state on our EUI? Um, which commodities, which trade lanes have a better EUI? What does it mean if we increase or reduce intake? So many different factors that today we take into account. Is there overall improvement? Yes, there is. And as long as even if the improvement is not, you know, we, we're not exactly where we want to be, but at least we know for a fact that we are on the right path. I think that is 10 times more important than just looking at the results at face value and criticizing the participants. And I would just argue also and say, at least we've taken the step to number one, become members. At least we were taking the step to commit to being accountable and to report and to collect and to be transparent. You know, so instead of criticizing what hasn't been done, I hope that, you know, we'll become a little bit more positive to actually appreciate what has been done and what has been achieved. Yeah, and, and I do feel still when I meet people that, that you know, it's sinking in. I think they, if they think around it, they will appreciate the, where, where we have progressed together. So, so if you if you look ahead, Eman, uh, um, of course, what what could a CCO charter look like ahead? I mean, as you have said repeatedly, the focus has been on transparency and and reporting. What could CCO charter become more? Because there is a room filled of leading uh, charters in the world, and you mentioned the high percentage of of actually seaborne trade being covered by reporting in CCO charter. Uh, so having this uh, forum, what could Cicogo Charter do more ahead in time? So um, I think I think first of all, it's by opening Cicogo Charter to a wider base of members, um, which is recognizing the key role that ship owners play in decarbonization. And this is why we're now adapting the framework to open it up to pure owners starting from 2024. So that's definitely um, also another big, big milestone. Sea Cargo Charter is also the platform where you have a variety of working groups working and looking at different topics. So I've mentioned that, you know, we're going to start taking into account the full life cycle emissions and wealth to wake from a CO2 perspective. Um, what, you know, what is the basis of that um, insets? There are already discussions about EU ETS. So I think Sea Cargo Charter in itself as an association, as a framework, it brings so many members together to address all of these various topics. And Sea Cargo Charter also being part of the Global Maritime Forum, I think it was instrumental in creating the Operational Efficiency Task Force, which is looking at what is it that we can do today, right here, right now, to improve our overall efficiencies and reduce our fuel consumption. So a lot to be done. I think there's a lot of work still um, that we need to do. Um, but most importantly, it's bringing all of these different companies together to engage, to discuss and to progress. 
Absolutely. So, so Iman, if 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 you have one what we call New Year's uh, wish for Chicago Charter for 2024, what could that be? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> to have some wishes and dreams for the next year. Um, yeah. So, I think at least to double down on on uh, our membership. Yeah, yeah, that would be my wish. Double down on our membership. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that I think that that that's my that's my uh, dream as well. So let's see if, if we can achieve it together, Amon. So, yes, I hope so too. <laughs> so I think we are, we are coming close to the end of of this podcast, and I would like to thank you, Amon, for participating uh, and for giving great insights into what Sikhochara is and what we are doing. So thanks a lot. Happy to have you have had you on the podcast today, Amon. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, looking forward to working together to, to double and to triple our member base. Thank you very same, much. Same to you, Iman. Thank you. <laughs>